0: Three feet at 14 seconds. Patchy fog, which will have cleared by the mid to late morning. Now, six minutes after, stay tuned for the Saturday special with your host, MZ.
1: Hi, Aaron. How you doing today?
0: I'm doing okay.
1: <clears throat> yeah, we're all sort of sad because our good friend Don Husing passed uh, <clears throat> very unexpectedly this week on Thursday and uh an icon around here um I knew Don uh he, he first came to work at KSCO when I was a sophomore in high school god 1967 and I think he holds a record for being working working at the same radio station through multiple owners through all the ownerships um w- without uh, you know uninterrupted <laughs> so Anyhow, Don, you were the greatest. Uh, we love you. We miss you. Uh, but you're, uh, you're uh, headed for the greatest journey of them all. So thanks for all your years of service. Um, okay. Uh, we've got a, 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 hopefully, a pretty interesting Saturday special for you um, starting right now. Uh, there is no promo, but we will uh, open the, uh, the program in the usual fashion. Good morning.
2: <laughs> A brighter day is here. Good morning, may we bring you cheer.
0: We've got time, we've got tunes, we've got time, tunes, and temperature. Get up and go, it's today you
2: know on
1: KSCO Radio. Good morning, KSCO land. Michael Z welcomes you to the Saturday special for the next two hours, an audience participation, interview, and discussion program here at your favorite radio station, AM1080 KSCO. If you want to call us, uh, phone number is 479-1080, that's in area 831. If you want to email us, it's mz at ksco.com.
2: Good morning, now stay right here on KSCO Radio.
1: Permit me to introduce my friend, who's just leaving Who's leaving the studio now, my friend and special friend of the radio,
0: radio station, Scott D. Gold. Hi, Scott D. Gold. I, I got him. the cold feet and ran out the door. Oh, oh, is that what was happening? hey no, had a question for me, so I had to run outside. Okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're,
1: you're the show today.
0: I got news for you. Scott.
1: I got the cold feet. All right. Uh, it's,
0: it's been a while since we've been together in here.
1: I, it's been a long, long time. Ooh. Yeah, uh, usually
0: you're remote or I'm yeah, remote. are Yeah,
1: you're, you're sitting in the host's uh, seat uh, when I'm on a trip or something and uh, may or may not connect uh, via the Internet, you know, from the high seas or whatever.
0: But um, Actually, nice. that didn't work out too bad. That actually yeah. sounded really good. I was surprised.
1: Yeah. Well, so, um, all right, to, for those of you who uh, are, aren't... Don't know who Scott D. Gold is because you didn't happen to be listen listening. Special friend of the radio station. One of these guys who's done everything at the age of 46 is he's, he's nothing the guy hasn't done. It's just amazing. He's a serial entrepreneur. He owns a number of businesses here in town, including the business that uh, produces uh, all of our KSCO gear um you know our our hats our jackets our t-shirts our bumper stickers our vehicle wraps everything that's called shirt crafters and it's located at 111 ingles street right behind the safeway shopping center in west santa cruz he's got an amazing um um a shop there with uh equipment that is capable of um of producing one of something or a thousand or ten thousand of something so um because he uses the latest uh, state-of-the-art. That's only one of his many businesses. Uh, Like I said, serial entrepreneur. Um, And uh, Scott D. Gold uh, has, uh, over the years, been a major listener and, uh, and supporter of KSCO Radio. And he and I have become good friends, and we talk a lot. Um, about various things, and one of the most amazing things that I think everybody can agree on, I think, uh, it was probably inappropriate for me to play the crossfire music because that that indicates that we're going to have a controversial show.
0: I don't think I, I couldn't get anybody that is on the other side of this yeah, to actually call.
1: Yeah, it, it's just it's just not. I,
0: I don't Out think it's Out of sheer possible. embarrassment, I think.
1: <laughs> well, in in any case, uh, what we're talking about is the notion of bringing back manufacturing to our country, the United States of America. Uh, as we all know, uh, there are very few things, items that are that are manufactured in this country. It's all been offshore, mostly to China and India, and services pretty much all to India and the Philippines, uh, manufacturing of articles principally to China. And... Um, at at KSCO North uh, Two, which is in San Francisco, uh, earlier this week I I walked uh, down the street into Levi's Plaza. Now, can you think of a more um, iconic American brand than Levi's clothing? Uh, I can't. Uh, maybe you can but uh i went in there I, I went levi's plaza is very very close to where ksco north 2 is and i um i went in and i saw i, I looked at their um wh- what do you call it? they have sort of like a little museum little little displays of things very very nice and very tastefully done they have a a store there um where employees and uh and even non-employees can purchase uh levi's products <coughs> And I was astounded to learn. I walked up to to one of the uh, attendants in in the store, and said, "I heard a vicious, vicious, vicious rumor." And they said, "Well, wh- what? What'd you hear?" I said, "That that Levi's doesn't doesn't manufacture in the United States anymore." And, and I can't believe that. Is that true? And he says, "Well, it's not totally true. If you want to have a pair of 501 jeans." specially manufactured for yourself um and you're willing to spend 140 dollars you can go to the the store that they have downtown which was away from levi's plaza but not too far on market street i think and uh, and you can commission them to uh to make an american uh set of jeans for you (laughs) which they i want
0: to interject they did get in trouble for that because they were outsourcing that too no no yes are you sure positive oh so that was that got into them some hot water
1: so so what is it that happens i mean there are guys like sam walton who built walmart an amazing business uh before his demise it was amazing business very very successful number one retailer uh, I believe, many years before uh, uh, Sam's passing in 1992. And he was so proud to say made in America. Everything at yeah, one was made in Yeah, I wonder if he's
0: him and including uh, Levi Strauss was a nationalist and he loved the country and he loved manufacturing. I'm really surprised if, you know, he must be rolling over in his grave. Yeah, yeah. Because the what kids, happened? the
1: kids did did everything, just did everything the opposite of of, of the the parents.
0: So. And I think we all got caught up in that. To be well, honest with you, we got caught up in NAFTA. And you know, recently I just moved a bunch of stuff out of Mexico just because I saw the living standards down there and traveling around Mexico. It's not, it's it's horrible. It's it's completely horrible how they live.
1: What did you move out of Mexico? A lot of our
0: our beverage, all of our beverage manufacturing, okay, let's, let's, moved let's up
1: tell here. the let's tell the audience a little bit
0: about that. About moving out of Mexico? How well,
1: about 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 one of your businesses? Well, when it's
0: it when it started, that was the only way I could get it manufactured was in Mexico because of all the rules up here.
1: Let's let's talk about what it is. It's, it's uh, a line bravado, of
0: Bravado Blanca Basura five pack. It's a, a packaging concept. Ultimately, it's. Being, I was the first one that put uh, spirits and beer together in a package. It before been considered co-packing illegal. And from and there, and this happened there,
1: because you wanted to drink some some tequila and some beer, yeah. and, and you wanted to have it.
0: It was date night.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and you were, and you were and you were you were not happy with uh, the amount of money that you had to spend. It was over twenty dollars. I think it was. Right? Yeah,
0: it was close to twenty bucks, and I thought this is a ripoff. Why don't they just package this together, not knowing anything about it? This was back in 2004. Not knowing anything about the alcohol laws or any of that, I just kind of jumped into it and said, I can do this. This is simple. And,
1: and then you found out that you couldn't do that by some sort of a there's law. There's a lot of
0: different, every state by state, county by county. Um, it just, It's called co-packing. The biggest problem was co-packing, was you can't put one product with another, especially spirits and beer.
1: Okay, did you ever find
0: out why? uh there's god it's it's unfair practice meaning that if you took jack daniels and budweiser and you offered it in there it's a no one else can offer that so it's you know you tend to go to towards that product more than another one i think that's how it started so that you couldn't combine the two and make it more appealing to someone to buy
1: So, um, I just found, I I don't get it. It, it, I still don't get it. It's sounds like you don't totally get it. It's well, it
0: depends on which law you're talking about. There's so many different laws that, that against it, that you have to define each law separately and then break it down. Uh huh. Well, um, besides, besides that, so found, found different ways, found a way to patent it, found a way to get it onto the market. But since then I've spent a lot of time in Mexico. I actually grew up down in Baja. We always had a house down there. And the problem is as I travel around down there and see these hobbles that they stick these workers in, you know, it's actually nicer than some of the other countries where these uh, clothing manufacturers are going.
1: Including Mexico, right?
0: Including Mexico. Mexico, I believe, is 80% of the blue jeans that are made or shipped into this country are from Mexico. Oh, wow. So they have huge, huge factories down there. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Well, anyhow, that you, you're like you were thinking about the co-packaging of beer and spirits. There, there's some law against it. That doesn't sound. That doesn't seem right. There
0: was multiple laws when we went to manufacture, including where we manufactured, how we manufactured. So I would have to go through three different states to get the product put together, and it became too expensive.
1: Hmm. Okay, and so you did what you had to do do, in in order for your business to catch on or or to be uh, sustainable at all or have any chance of survival. Yes. Okay.
0: But since then, we've figured out other ways and brought everything back up here. I think it was Ross Perot that originally he was, you know, they all said he was crazy and he, he was against NAFTA. Said it's gonna ruin the country, it's gonna yes. we're gonna lose jobs, we're gonna you know. Yep. He and he screamed and hollered about it and and even back then that the political scene was a little different. You remember it, it wasn't ninety four. It, 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 it was yeah, yeah, it, it we the did the a same.
1: program. We did a Saturday special with my friend uh Sergio Lopez, who was the head of the uh, Teamsters union. Uh, local 912. But
0: it wasn't as organized and as heavy as it is today. How they, you know, they, they go after each other and that. So, but the, everyone was going after Perot. He was. He seemed to be like he was getting some ground, and then they kind of just made him out to be crazy.
1: Yeah. I am too rich to have to answer all these questions.
0: <laughs> anyway, his his one of his things that he said, and I took to heart and listen. You know, I think back to you now is the NAFTA issue, and we, you know, we sold our souls to the devil. We did. I be- don't. You agree?
1: Absolutely, I do. And I I believe that at the time, and I remember, <clears throat> I remember that um, our congressman then, and now, Sam Farr, was running on a platform of being against, clearly against NAFTA. And he got elected. I don't know. if It was elected or re-elected. I, it was. It was. Sh- <coughs> That was 94. I think it was the first time he was elected because I think he was appointed, I think, to be yeah. to fill out uh, Leon Panetta's position, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that, so don't quote me. But, um, but yeah, I, I do remember uh, unquestionably that Sam um, campaigned as being against NAFTA. It would be very bad for the country. And once he got in, he turned into... The deciding vote that passed NAFTA, he changed his mind.
0: Really, I can't. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, no,
1: it's true. It's, Sam Far,
0: absolutely saying one thing and doing another. I just absolutely. don't believe it. Well, you know,
1: oh, <laughs> I just You're being can't facetious. believe it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, I, yeah, it, it takes me a while to. Uh,
0: <laughs> and if Sam is listening, he should take that to heart. It's never too doesn't, late. Doesn't to change. matter.
1: Doesn't matter. People are basically most of the electorate are absolute idiots.
0: I ca- see. I don't. I don't understand care. how we live in a world that.
1: Th- that's why you can
0: say whatever you want, and then once you're elected, there's no accountability. There's nothing. They just no, do whatever no, you want. No, no,
1: no, because people forget that very quickly. the The electorate is very fickle. Besides being idiotic, most of there's some intelligent people out there. So the, there well, is most some of the intelligent people. Who, most but, of the people who vote don't don't have any kind of information. Remember that, back the, in the the, basis uh, for the
0: '70s, maybe late '70s. The, there was a big campaign, buy American. Yeah. Huge campaign. What yes. did that do? That turned the economy around. Did it? Yes, it did. Oh. We, we okay. were, we were well, having issues for, it's, with.
1: It's time for another one of those. But you know, the trouble is, <clears throat> you, you can't buy American because nothing's made here. I mean, even if you want to.
0: And that's why I'm here. The government it seems like here. the government's making it harder and harder. Also, they're they're making it very difficult. And I I did talk to uh, Tim McCormick. We, you know, your friend wasn't able to make it.
1: Yeah, yeah, Sergio, Sorry. I called Sergio Lopez, a uh, very dear friend uh, um, who who um ran uh Teamsters Local 912 here in the Central Coastal area, one of the major um Teamsters union um uh, locals. And I talked to Sergio for the first time in several years yesterday and he turns out he's recovering from a uh, back surgery. And, just wasn't even up to didn't talk to me very long on the phone, but long enough to just sort of reconnect and uh said, boy, you know we're doing a program tomorrow about about uh bringing manufacturing back, and you know,
0: yeah, you think it's, the it's, unions would get on board with this because if they don't have workers, they don't have yeah no, the,
1: the and and he and I said to him, i said, this is something that's not controversial. You know, we'd love to have your perspective. He says, he says, Michael, I would love to do what you. I just, I just can't. Let, let's do it again, or we'll talk about it again so, at some other time when I'm feeling better. But he was very, very excited about the idea. Has to be said, a, a this united effort here. Yeah, and and you know, there are people who say, oh, the unions have destroyed America. and everything. Well, <clears throat> I, I, there. <sighs> Sure, there are people who think that, and there are people who b- believe there's other, good other, there's otherwise. good
0: and bad in everything, exactly, and you've got to pick through it. But
1: what I believe about this particular topic about bringing uh, manufacturing back to the United States of America is something that will unite people, you know Sergio and anybody any union, any strong union person. Would, would you know be, it's would, funny would, would want to do that just like you and I want. You know to it's do
0: funny that. to hear that right before and, uh, you guys listen to the uh, news, the break, the top of the hour news, and they're saying a sign of the the economy recovering. There's some new uh, convenience stores opening. That's that's the sign of the recovery. I mean, you're you're talking about minimum wage jobs being opened up yeah. to where you can go buy some some really bad food that's just going to basically kill you. Yeah. You know what a convenience store's full of processed uh, processed food, food yeah. yeah
1: processed foods that are that have zero nutritional value probably have yeah, neg- so that's, probably right. have negative nutritional that's, value. that 's
0: where we 're headed
1: yeah it's so sad well listen uh, is there anybody out there who wants to participate in this discussion and sort of turn it around? Scott and I both believe, and I don't think we're unreasonably idealistic.
0: No, listen, this is this is what happened last night. I, I talked to you last night. I went downtown, I've been waiting for about a month to get a new phone. I don't have an Apple. I have a Verizon, um, you know, a Google-style phone. Yeah. I went downtown and bought a new phone, a Motorola, and it's made in America. I oh. waited a month for it. It's a Moto X. Made in America. Motorola is moving all of their manufacturing back to the United States. This is the first phone manufactured in the U.S., 100%.
1: Wow. And you're positive. There's no way
0: that... Positive. You were
1: talking about Levi saying one thing and doing something else. No, they're moving all their manufacturing back here. For Motorola to have done that?
0: They're moving all their manufacturing back to the U.S. I bought their first phone. I'll continue to buy their product. I also went store to store and couldn't find one American-made garment. Cambodia, uh-huh. um, Bangladesh, everything, you know, you name it.
1: Now, I think there's some local... Uh, you were telling me that there, besides Blanco Basura, your company, yes. uh, there are other Santa Cruz-based clothing manufacturing companies... And I was surprised to hear that. But the more I thought about it, I know of one. I forgot the name, but it, they, they, they use hemp uh, to manufacture it. Yeah,
0: that, they, they, I think they were at Sash Mill. I'm, yes. tried yes. to get a hold of them. I couldn't get a hold of them. But Strawfoot is another company that uses uh-huh. American-made products. We actually started this about a year ago and cut, do cut and sew for our clothes. And even the T-shirts we buy now are made in America, 100%. Everything think, how still, can that be? We pay a little extra for them. We buy American-made T-shirts. We have fitted or just the standard the uh-huh. shirts made in America.
1: Um, let's see if, um, if uh, our first caller.
0: I call it slave clothing. Anytime yeah. you buy something. It's because they're made by slaves and right. your, people are willing to support it.
1: All right. Well, well. wait a second. Uh, I was going to go to the call phone. We will go, go to the calls in, in a minute because we have three of them. 479 is the phone number to call us. MZ at KSCO.com is my email address if you want to participate via email. Um, and this is your favorite radio station, AM 1080 KSCO. Um, and uh, we're, we're here at 2300 Portola Drive. K is not here today to sign books, but if you want to come down and get your um, Healthy Start Pack from Longevity, which will be a really smart thing for you to do, um, you could take advantage of our promotion, which continues. Uh, I guess this is technically the last day of it. Maybe we'll extend it. Uh, or if you buy a healthy start pack, which is a good thing for you to do for your health, I find that when I take the healthy start pack, I feel good and uh, have more energy and so forth. And when I stop taking it for because I'm lazy or, you know, I just forget, then I get sluggish and, and sort of blah. Anyhow, to incentivize people to do what's good for them, we're uh, – Telling people, if you come down to KSCO anytime during business hours or during the Saturday special now, you can get a free KSCO hat that Scott T. Gold made at uh, Shirt Crafters. Uh, It's easily a $25 value hat. Easily, easily, easily. I mean, really high quality, elastic, uh, fits all size heads. Um, And you get that for free with your Healthy Start Pack along with a K's commentary book. We have some signed books. You know, Obviously, she's not here to engrave them today personally for you. But you can come back during the week or, or some other time if you want that. But uh, they're great books right now. And you get a free book, um, a free uh, uh, KFCO hat, and a um, bumper sticker, and maybe some other kind of sticker. And one of these days, we're going to have bags. Yeah, the
0: bags them. are American-made.
1: Yeah, everything is American-made. <laughs> uh, it, it, the, the, the books are American-made. The hats are manufactured. Yeah. Okay. Good. I mean. So this is great. So come on down, and uh, Richard B. Luther the Second or Aaron will take care of you while we're on the air here, 2300 Portola Drive. So let's see, uh, <clears throat> Colonel Terry. May I ask you a personal question?
3: Of, of course you may. Would what? you? Uh, I have no secrets from UMZ. Would you? <laughs> would you purchase
1: uh, clothing or anything else and pay more for it? Uh, knowing that um, it was uh, manufactured in the USA.
3: In fact, that is exactly one of the reasons I was calling in, uh, was to indicate that. I would gladly pay more for blue jeans. And, in fact, I've said this to executives of the blue jeans companies that I've met at dinners here in California. Uh, I'm not sure I'd pay $100 more for a pair of jeans, but I certainly would pay 40 $50 more knowing it was made in the USA. And it's tragic the trade deals that our government, both parties, Democrats and Republicans, uh, since Reagan started to sell out and and be bribed by the foreign the foreign manufacturers. Yeah. And uh, there's the problem. That's and that's what happened with Farr. <clears throat> Farr got to Washington and he was told, hey you're not a team player here. We Democrats are getting a lot of money. Republicans are just as guilty. Yeah, you
1: come- you were in Washington then yourself, yes?
3: Yes. Uh uh-huh. and I and Uh, And I frequently get there now. The point is the foreign manufacturers and the foreign governments that want to bring the jobs there and the American companies that want to export their plants uh, and make more profit and bigger bonuses for their executives, they're all in cahoots to ship the U.S. jobs, and they're all bribing uh, presidential candidates and members of our Congress and Senate and state legislatures in some instances to accomplish that. That's the tragedy.
0: How do they keep track of it now? All these bribes and all these different interests oh, gotta they got to take
3: keep care track. of. It just seems like it's, it's crazy. Art. Well, uh and that's what happened to Farr. He got to Washington and said he was told, "Sam, you're not a team player. We we getting right. campaign contributions." And in some cases, I'll tell you, I have seen uh suitcases or attaché cases filled with cash that someone accidentally inadvertently showed me he was taking to a member of the US Senate uh, it's quite some many years ago but that's how grotesque it is and uh, far was see far's uh, position on committees is influenced by how much money he helps raise for the the Democratic Party the same is true for the Republicans so he got there and he was told hey uh, you'll be hurting our Capacity to raise fundraising, and you'll be hurting your own prospects for committee assignments. Sam, I, I don't think Sam Farr had a, intended to keep his word to the voters at all, um, and it, it troubles me and it saddens me. Uh, we'd have been so much better off if Bill Monning had been nominated to be in the Congress. By the way, uh, and, and Farr is also he. You don't, you don't think
1: he more. would? You don't think he would have flipped like all the others? Anyway, no, either. I
3: don't think. I, I don't think Bill would have at all. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm, I'm very confident of that, knowing knowing both of them well enough to have an informed opinion. Uh, I don't
0: want to say anything. The, 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 <laughs> Go the,
3: ahead
1: and the, say something. Scott, no, big, big, the, wait the a big minute. Carrie, wait, wait. No, I don't, I don't
0: know. Monning disturbs me sometimes, some of the uh, things that he comes up with, and it seems like he's more sway, swayable than that. But maybe you know him better. So
3: I think, but the, the, what we need is we need competent, honest people to be in our Congress and state legislatures, regardless of their attitudes. But number one, they want to deliver good, competent, honest government. But I don't want to get us off the topic here. The the tragedy is we've allowed campaign contributions uh, to be given in huge amounts uh, by whether they're they're blue-jean makers or electronics companies to damage our economy. You
0: know what's funny is I've spent the last uh – year little little bit over a year trying to figure out this manufacturing in America and manufacturing clothes meanwhile over the last couple of years I've learned how yeah. to actually manufacture clothing myself personally mm-hmm. put out yeah. these work clothes the cost and our cost on the the product and it's still profitable is the same as what everyone else is selling their clothes for so when when people say oh it's not it's not affordable it's not it's not true the only real hurdle and roadblocks that I come into is our government, as our local government, our uh, yeah. state and federal government with all their fines and fees and uh, permits and everything they do costs me so much money I can't afford to. Uh, for instance, they hit me with a, uh, I guess it's a levy or a tax yeah. on every machine that is in my shop is fifteen hundred dollars a year. No one can afford to pay that. We've got sorry, 40, who's hitting, 42. Who's hitting, who's hitting you with that? Uh, the government. It's a garment. Uh, I wish I had it with me. It's it's it has to do with garment manufacturing.
3: Is it a federal? Yes, tax? it's a
0: federal tax. What? And it's fifteen hundred dollars for every machine. We have forty seven machines. You can't. No one can afford to pay that. You know.
3: Well, I mean, obviously, those kinds of lunatic uh, policies should be fixed and corrected. Yes, and and can be uh, without without question. I, I'm really pleased to know that you can manage your manufacturing costs and, uh, and produce your products as you're as you're describing. Uh, Yes that is true now I, I also
0: it can be done, but there's no money being put forth like they you know all these guys in the last election we 're going to go back to manufacturing we 're going to do this there's no programs they didn 't do anything they 're not putting any money towards it there's no there's no you know you can 't get a loan you can 't get a grant you can 't get anything to manufacture here
3: well now mz I believe a lot of what 's going to come back in terms of u s manufacturing is going to be robotic manufacturing or automated with with fewer hands doing fewer things uh, what, I'm curious what your guest responds with that prospect.
0: I, you know I hear that but the, the amount of money in, into that technology is so high. There's none of us in the small business world can even think about doing that. When you say robotic or, or when I think automated. of ma- automated I think you know I bought a, a series of sewing machines and instead of, I got auto cut machines where they <laughs> automatically cut. It speeds up the process by 30%. 30 to 35% with not having to cut and things like that I could see. But full automated uh, clothing, I, I just can't see it. I don't know how it would be even done.
3: Understandably. Yeah. Well, in, in terms of electronics, uh, that may be more adaptable to automation, uh, perhaps. Other, but uh, we're in this fix, okay. lastly I'd like to add, because the trade deals that were negotiated starting in the Reagan administration propounded in Bush 1 And then in Clinton, the Clinton administration sold us out to the Chinese with a world trade agreement. But then so did Bush, so did W. uh, And
0: both have. Now they're doing it again. We have a guest coming on, Tim McCormick, is a a retired union representative, and he's going to tell us about another one that's coming out that's going to open up. uh, I guess Polynesian manufacturing. All this, it's going to oh, change. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's
1: trans- There's good
3: creativity. stuff. Good,
1: good yes. stuff to
0: be reporting. Yeah.
1: Makes us Looking happy to, be able here, to it, it, this, Anyway,
3: so. MZ, keep up the word, getting the truth. But you know, we, we've got to have politicians who see the big picture, who value the future, and are, are going to be not corrupted by sure. nothing except what's best for Americans. And, and we've got to redo. We should, in fact, Tom Hartman has got an excellent book on why we should renegotiate all of our trade deals, Okay. Uh, the sellouts and so forth. Colonel
1: Terry, we have a number of callers and uh, want someone that I have called uh, to ask to join. Nancy and Carmel has been waiting uh, in, a, in a car, I believe, right? You're on a mobile phone. Nancy, you're on the air on KSEO.
2: Hi, how are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for this subject. I believe that our government is purposely trying to get rid of all manufacturing or almost all, um they're closing down power plants all over the place. Everything that will support our infrastructure as a sovereign entity is going bye bye because they want globalism. And they want they don't want the United States to be independent.
0: What do you think they about that, Scott? I agree I agree with you yeah. and I, I heard uh you know, I listen to the show quite often. I heard the other day that this someone was pitching that uh, in Germany, it was awesome because they were taking the farmlands and they were turning them into solar fields. And and I asked, called in, and asked a question. I said, "But if you turn all the farmlands into solar fields, how are you going to feed your? Oh, we're just going to go outside. They they go to another country and have it sent in the food sent in. Well, how is that going to work? You're you're not going to be able to afford to to no. eat." You're not going to be able to afford to buy the power because no one's going to have jobs or that industry's gone. That's a huge chunk of money. What we lost here in manufacturing, you know, like a friend of mine said, what's it matter? What's it matter? Well, you build houses. If you have people that are building clothes or building anything here, they're spending money back in the economy. That money stays in America. That goes to building houses. There's a reason why they're not building houses right now. No one has money.
2: I don't know if you're aware, but they actually paid billions of dollars for China to be able to build Cadillac and
0: yeah, Chevrolet I know that. Volt. That was part of the deal of pulling out GM and giving money. Part of the deal yeah, was well, that, that, that was they were going to shen- send the- seventy five billion percent not that.
1: Yeah, I don't we're having some sort of a problem. We we lost that caller here. Let's go to uh, uh Well, anyway, sorry,
0: 75% of GM's supposed to move over to China and that's basically what she's talking about.
1: Let's go to our good friend John Rothman formerly of KGO Radio here who I called this week and asked if he would uh, participate. Here's John. Hi John, how you doing?
2: MZ, it is always a pleasure to appear with you. <laughs>
1: Isn't he fun? Yeah. Anyhow. The, community,
2: the community should know
1: how lucky they are they have you. Oh, come on, John. but thank you, thank you so much. very kind words. appreciate it. Now, you and I were talking this week and and you said, um hey, um you are a number one uh, union advocate, but that is the problem now i I don't want to put you know misrepresent what you what you told me here, and uh we we tried to get, and we might succeed in getting a union uh rep uh, yeah, held us here, we, yeah, pretty I think soon. So. Mm-hmm. But, but can you expand on that a little bit, please, uh, John? Because, uh, yes, you are, always have been, a, a prime um, advocate for unions. I am
2: an advocate for unions. I've served on my union board for many years, and I, I want people to understand what I'm going to say very clearly. The reason we are opening plants in China and removing our manufacturing base, it's not a conspiracy. It's the American consumer. We want our products cheaper. And labor costs in this country, not based on greed but simply on the cost of living in this country, necessitate that unions go to the table to ask for more money for their workers. That includes health care, retirement funds, everything we count on, MZ, for the future golden years. So in the process, what happens is that it is far cheaper to make a dress or a pair of pants or shoes or steel, the steel on the new Bay Bridge. It is cheaper to go to China, where they pay pennies rather than dollars for laborers, and we get a product, whether it's inferior or not, which is cheaper. When Dick Nixon, my old boss, went to China in 1972, there was a vision that a billion people would all of a sudden become consumers of American products. What happened was the opposite. And in retrospect, we weren't smart enough to see it. We began manufacturing in China, which made it so cheap that we see the result today. Target, Walmart, dollar stores, all of the things which even the wealthy take advantage of in order to save money. And so we're caught in a vicious cycle. Of our consumer base demanding cheaper products, and the recognition that if we manufacture in this country, the cost of those products will be higher than if we build if we manufacture abroad.
1: Now, John, you you weren't uh, on hold. You weren't listening Here's to the yeah. to the program when when we um, posed the when I posed the question to one of the callers. Um, are you are you willing do do you think that there are enough people who would be will, who want to see manufacturing return to the United States badly enough to be willing to spend more for their products? The answer and, is no. And,
2: answer
1: oh is my no. gosh. Okay, so John disagrees with both you and me, Scott.
2: Well there's no question about it. MZ, I am later on today going to Costco. Why am I not going to my neighborhood market where I shop regularly? but I have to buy a huge amount of stuff. Why? My son had five kids for breakfast this morning, 20-year-old boys. You know how much they eat? And the high holidays are coming. And uh, for the Jews, we have big, big events coming up. So for me, I will be able, by going to Costco, which is much cheaper than my local supermarket, I will be able to buy more, and my dollar will stretch. So I'm only pointing out to you The pragmatism that is involved in daily living and the daily living that American consumers face today is, how do I pay for health care? How do I save money for my retirement? How do I pay for my kids' college? How do I do all of these things and still live a quality life? And the way you do it is by saving your nickels, your dimes, your pennies. And the way you do that is to buy products that are cheap. And that's what we do
0: and at the same time cry about not having jobs here. The biggest the biggest complaint in America is not having jobs.
2: You're right. It's a vicious cycle. Well,
0: so one of the things, not to interrupt you, but one of the things I think has to happen in business, and it's a big change, and I know a lot of the big companies don't like this, but it's got to be a profit sharing. It's got to be a sole ownership, all the employees, oh, you everybody. You
2: communist, you. You communist, you. No. You understand that the argument that is made today when you talk about shared ownership, all of a sudden people talk about socialism. and It, scares it has nothing
0: to do with any that. It has to do with individual owners taking a responsibility and making sure everybody's paid.
2: Don't confuse people with the facts. I'm, I'm telling you. Well,
0: I run businesses and I do profit sharing, so I'm a communist then.
2: Well, there are some Sorry. people who would say... That, that is precisely what you are doing.
0: There's a lot of great companies that have done it and survived by doing it. I
2: agree. I'm not arguing with you. I'm only talking about perception. What do people want at the end of every month? They want a check. They want a guaranteed income. They have to meet their expenses. And so unless an employer is able to say, at the end of the month, you will get a check for $100 for your labor uh, or whatever the amount may be, People sort of scratch their heads. They want security. They want to join a company where there's a health care plan.
0: But everybody has to have some skin in the game now. It just doesn't work that way. Everybody has to perform.
2: Yeah, you're thinking logically. You are thinking <laughs> logically. But if you've got to pay a bill and you don't have the money to pay the bill, that's not the way you think. Let me give you one other quick example. There is a general condemnation of government these days, that the government is this and government is that. Government is the major employer in this country. If government pulled back on the number of jobs it creates, do you understand the fiscal problem? I'll give you the best example I can. They're talking about cuts in the military. They're talking about cutting military. When we have high unemployment, which we have, and all of a sudden you reduce the amount of money going to the military, and you lay off people who are in the military, where are they going to get jobs?
0: But this is exactly like a dog chasing its tail. It's the same thing you said earlier. Yep. You, you've then, got to correct it. You can't continue to just do it. It's, at some point, you have to jump off the, the merry-go-round.
2: Right. Now, I'm going to say something that will shock you now. Probably one not. of the way, There were two ways that we got out of the Depression in, uh, in the, the 1930s. One was the government created make-work programs and the WPA was created, and all of a sudden we had jobs and schools and bridges and all sorts of things being constructed. And although it cost America a lot, it created an infrastructure in this country which sustained us until the 1970s. The second thing we did, and it's tragic, but we went to war, the Second World War, which meant we had to retool our whole manufacturing sense. Now, I'm not suggesting we go to war, but I am saying that if the country were prepared for the radical changes that are going to have to take place in terms of infrastructure, and we began that process now of training, we would be building for the future. I don't mind. What's so shocking time. about that, John? Yeah. What makes it shocking is that more and more when you talk to Many of the people in Washington, particularly the Republicans, and this is not Republican bashing, but it's a reality, they want the government out of business. They don't want government spending. They want to reduce government spending. And in, in the days of Herbert Hoover or Calvin Coolidge or William McKinley or Benjamin Harrison, that made sense. But in the world in which we live today with a global economy, Unless we recognize that government is, if I can use the line you just used a moment ago, a partner in all of this, uh, we're in trouble.
0: What's shocking to me is that you're willing to go and buy a piece of clothing made by a slave, someone that's enslaved to manufacture it, and still you and everyone else, everyone does it, everyone's guilty of it, that that's acceptable to save a buck that you're going to put someone in slavery just so you can have a piece of clothing cheap.
2: Don't confuse people with the facts. If you go into Walmart and you interview people that are buying shoes or clothes or shirts or whatever, and you ask them where is this made, they don't care. They don't care. They're that's selective.
0: Hmm? That's selective. They that's don't want to. They don't want to know. They don't. They're trying to hide from it. But it still doesn't. You know uh, what is it? Uh, ignorance is no excuse for the law. Okay, John.
1: John. Yeah. The, I, I'm surprised to hear you be. Such a downer about even trying to, you know, to create sort of
2: a, a consciousness or a cause celeb or. or you a, didn't turn the corner, MZ. Wow. So I'm going to tell you what I would have done with the Bay Bridge. Okay, good. When the Bay Bridge construction was announced, I would have said that we now are committing only to purchasing American steel, no matter what it costs. I would have created a situation in which an infrastructure had to be created in this country. I have no problem compelling that sort of thing, but I would then, if I were a public official, have to turn to the American people and say, but in honesty, we have to know this will then cost us more. Of course, come to think of it, the Bay Bridge project did cost us more by sheer incompetence. And can you imagine the chutzpah of the contractor who will open by September 3rd Going back and now getting a twenty million dollar bonus for a, a job completely if you 'll pardon a very uh, blunt expression because it has to do with the screws on that bridge screwed up
1: i think a lot of I think a lot of that twenty dollars uh, a twenty million dollars has been uh, has been uh, gre- has been used to grease uh, certain palms.
2: You know, whatever the reason.
0: It's still not right. It's just, of course it's not right. Yeah, it's of course ridiculous. it's not right. But So
1: so what you're saying, John, is because that wasn't done, and all of us, I'm sure, would agree that that should have been done. Now, since it wasn't done, I mean, do we just keep saying, hey, um, it's a lost cause, you know, might as no. well get used to it? That's what it sounds to me like you're saying.
0: No. Like you're saying, there's nothing to be done, just go ahead and do it. No.
1: Just, just better understand the way life really is, or
2: else you guys are, are dreamers. The way life
1: have
0: is, some pride in the, the country.
2: Government, if the federal government can invest in General Motors and pull General Motors out, the condition should have been, let's resurrect Detroit. Let's resurrect the automobile industry in, in Detroit. Let's invest in American contracting, in American building. Let's put these companies back on strong footing and we should have invested in those companies we should be investing in steel mills we should be we've got an infrastructure
0: instead of the scams there. like solyndra and all the ones they do they're just scams they're not there's no there's no real meat and potatoes in so
2: are you you have less faith than than i do right but i'm willing to have
0: in the government putting these <laughs> projects together yeah you said okay. it yourself
2: well i'm going to say to you then very clearly that we have to make a government that is accountable and that means elected public officials, Democrats and Republicans, have to worry about that kind of accountability and make sure it happens, because otherwise it does become an endless cycle of disappointment. And that's what we have to avoid. If cynicism grows so strong in this country that we cannot attack the problem of manufacturing, that we cannot attack the problem of infrastructure, then we're in, in big trouble.
0: Do you think we're at the tipping point now?
2: I think we have been at the tipping point for years. We're over the top in terms of our tipping point. And for
0: cynicism.
2: Yep, yeah, we've got our, we've got to get our feet back on the ground. We have to have people who hold elective office. And we have to frankly have
1: But, but John, what about the idea of, of re educating of, of educating the consumer and getting the consumer to understand that that we're headed for a train wreck? I mean it's already happening.
2: MZ, the answer very honestly is You have to be able to say to the consumer, this will work to your benefit. What we are proposing will, in the end, save you money and save the country. And then there has to be a leadership in this country that is prepared to articulate precisely that point. Uh, Look,
0: I know we did it in the 70s. I know we can do it again.
2: Did we do it in the 70s? Yeah, we did. Over what?
0: Over buy back to manufacturing and buying American products, there was a big movement in the, the 70s. Sure. did it work? Yes.
2: No, it didn't. I beg your pardon.
0: It did where work. Is
2: Chrysler today.
0: Today, we got to do it again.
2: Okay, but that's that's the point. It took sustained leadership. I'm talking
0: about although, back then.
2: This is, this is not a part-
0: nothing's permanent.
2: Yeah. this is not a partisan presentation on my part, but I would remind you where there was a dramatic shift when Ronald Reagan was elected to the presidency and reagan was a great man and a great president but there was a huge shift in terms of the consciousness of the american people and the emphasis on business and tax cuts and all the rest and it changed a dynamic but now if you ask me and that's why this program is so important and that's why programs like this should be aired all over the country we have to with with a bark off so to speak we have to be able to say to the american people to ourselves that unless we choose to invest actively in our future, that future will be dark.
0: Let me ask you a question, real quick. You said something earlier about uh, being accountable. Can't we put some sort of system together where, you know, we had a someone earlier was on here and he talked about uh, being in the government and with uh, I forget who he worked for, but he said that all those these these special interests and all these different uh, deals they make behind the scenes. I said, how do you keep track of all that stuff? And they said, oh, they do. Well, if they could keep track of that, why can't we keep track of the promises made when they're elected and then hold them accountable? I mean, if they can do one side, if the big business and everyone else is able to keep it accountable, why aren't we, the voters, able to keep it accountable? And getting a process like that when we elect someone, say he has five things that he's going to do, then we should keep him accountable for those five things.
1: Before you were on, John, we talked about our uh, local congressman, uh, Sam Farr, mm-hmm. who, when he was uh, running for office, I think he he, he, he took uh, Leon, he was handpicked to replace Leon Panetta when Leon was kicked upstairs in the Clinton administration but i believe he ran for the first time i could be wrong about this in 1994 i'm almost positive yeah he ran during, on nafta during his yeah he ran against nafta that was he was he was going to vote against nafta because nafta cuz he said it was a very bad law first thing he did when he got in was do the flip flop and he became the the deciding vote in the house <laughs> for nafta <laughs> for nafta and and yet he continues to get reelected by landslides.
0: Yeah, and he does the exact opposite. He even admitted that he has those town hall meetings and he doesn't go there to listen to people. He goes there to tell them what, he, you know, what he well, he's going to do, they do. Why yeah. and
2: why, and that they're wrong. They, they should listen to him. But look, let me remind you a couple of things, and I'll do it quickly. Number one, the federal government is a bureaucracy which can keep track of what's going on. The voters are not a bureaucracy. The voters don't have a, a systemized way of accountability. Number two, we expect that politicians will break their promises. We are about now to engage in military action in Syria, and it was Barack Obama who said no more military adventures. We can't even get a clear definition of what's happening, and yet you will note there is no real accountability in all of this. You will note as well that when you run for political office, what happens is that you're bought. The way our campaign financing works today, once you're in office, the presumption is that you'll be there for many years. And therefore, we, we that is special interests, pump money into these people, and essentially, they, we buy our politicians. And it's, it's a wonderful system. Uh, for people in public office they have health care are you aware that obamacare which frankly i support national health insurance let me be very clear about this but can you imagine national health insurance being implemented and the congress of the united states voting out of that national health insurance
1: that's exactly what's happened and it was
2: always that case it was always the case it's and, and
0: so people- what you're saying to sum it up is that if you become a politician you have no integrity
2: no, what I'm saying is there are politicians with integrity, but a politician with integrity has a very tough time making a real impact. When Barack Obama ran for president of the United States, there was a sense of hope. I'll never forget a listener on KGO who called, and a black woman who described it this way. Rosa sat so Martin could march, so Obama could run, so our children could fly. I've never forgotten that expression, the shiver, frankly, that I felt when I first heard that the week before the election. And today, when you look at the polls, the cynicism of the American people, even about a man like Obama, who I truly believe is an idealist, has grown exponentially. And I think you have to have faith. You have to have leaders who are willing to take the tough stands and stick to them. And you have to have, by the way, a, a Situation like you got here on the radio, where you have an intelligent talk show where people can really talk and air their point of view well that 's
1: by design, John, because we don 't allow stupid people to listen to KSCO. if oh, we, really? if, if we catch them yeah there, there are severe severe consequences
2: may I be blunt that 's exactly not stupid people, but it 's the people who are not as informed who, who count on this medium for an explanation of what's going on, for a discussion about what's going on. And since KGO changed its format, the greatest complaint I hear from people is we don't have a place to go to talk about the issues, to air our point of view. And, and I think that is something that we also need to consider. Well, we're working on, the, we're working on that to the extent that we can. <laughs> and may I say I'm delighted that you asked me to appear today. And I can't solve the problem, but I sure can with you. Identify the pluses, the minuses, and the bottom line is every American's pocketbook. People have to be convinced that whatever we do will ultimately benefit them and the country. Uh,
0: now, who can argue with that? I can't. That's impossible. What? Oh, you can argue? No, I can't argue with that. That's right. right.
1: Okay, John Rothman, thank you so much. Continued success. Thanks for being a friend to Kate, Kate KSCO uh, um, KSCO Land. And uh, appreciate and my friend, and uh, really appreciate your participating today. Thank, Thank you, you so for much.
2: having me, and everybody should know how lucky they are to have you. Thanks a million, MZ. Take care. you have a good one.
1: There's John Rothman, um, wonderful, uh, intelligent talk host. I've, I've been to John's house and seen his library. It's unbelievable. Hey, Maureen in Santa Cruz, you're on for less than a minute, but we'll hold you over if you want. You're on KSEO. Uh, I just wanted to say
2: that I agree with John, and I buy all my household products now at the dollar store, and I've actually, honest to God, seen people, I know they are doing their grocery shopping for the week at the dollar store, because the dollar store has so much food now. It's unbelievable, and it's just because people have no money and no jobs. So unfortunately, and I'm just going to make that statement, because... I buy my laundry detergent there. It's got the same ingredients as what, like, CVS or Costco even sells, and it, it
1: costs me $4 less per bottle. Yeah. And so when you start adding that stuff up, you're not you're not just saving a buck. You're saving, like, $40, 50 60 70 Sure, for sure. Should we and hold you same, over, or are you done?
2: No, and the same renews oh, as the store it, charges. It's KSEO
1: Santa bus. Cruz Salinas <laughs> Monterey San Jose. It's 11 a.m. We'll be back.